0: Buddy, Welcome back to another episode of Unwise Girls. I'm your host, Jacqueline.
1: And I'm your other host, Jane.
0: And we're your favorite podcast, all about the books of Rick Riordan. Today, we're continuing the first book in the Heroes of Olympus series, The Lost Hero. How are you doing today, Jane? You ever,
1: you ever um, engage with like a piece of spin-off media in a franchise that you like, and start to worry that the early stuff that you enjoyed might have just been kind of a flash in the pan, and that maybe the rest of it's all crap?
0: uh-huh
1: uh anyway i've been watching a lot of gundam seed lately so uh, no i'm not fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh poor poor Janie. <laughs>
1: how are you Jacqueline?
0: i'm doing all right i've had a pretty sore throat these last couple days oh, no. and but you know i'm i'm gonna power through for podcasting
1: well fortunately uh like two of these chapters were like five pages long so we hopefully will not be torturing your voice for too long
0: yeah this is gonna be like a 30 minute episode
1: (laughs) (laughs) if we were really responsible what we would do is we would find some kind of activity to do for the back half uh huh but I honestly can't think of anything
0: I don't know we can fucking I don't know talk about something I guess
1: we could do what we did uh, when we were running low material during Kane Chronicles and just start like doing series autopsies prematurely (laughs)
0: I don't think we should do that yet. If, <laughs> I don't honestly, with King Chronicles, I just tended to feel like prepared for that immediately. I don't super feel prepared to just dissect the series already. hmm Maybe because it's five books instead of three. I don't know.
1: Also, we only started doing that when we were like halfway through the third book.
0: I don't I we did some series autopsies in book two for sure. I you know what? No, yeah, you're right, we did. But uh, I, I guess, should we just hop right into those summaries? Let's go. All right. Chapter 17, Leo. On the dragon ride to see Boreas, God of the North Wind in Quebec, our three heroes have a rap sesh, where they talk about Jason's wolf dreams, the giants of the prophecy, probably being the guys who rose up to destroy Olympus after Kronos was defeated, all the Tia Kiyida stuff, save for him burning down the workshop, and how Hera had chosen them as the first three to gather of the seven half-bloods in the Great Prophecy. Eventually, though, Piper takes the reins and lets Leo sleep Chapter 18, Leo Leo wakes up to find they've arrived at an old hotel in Quebec City But before they can land, they're greeted in the sky by the flying Boreads Immortal demigod sons of Boreas Named Ka- named Callias and Zethes Cali. They're the gate- Sorry? Calais What?
1: It's pronounced Calais
0: It's pronounced Calais? Yeah Is it?
1: It's a place. Huh? I'm I'm not bullshitting you. I am one hundred percent it's pronounced Calais.
0: Are you sure it's pronounced ca- calais? I'm, I'm one, looking this up now.
1: I would I bet my right arm on it.
0: Okay, here's what I'm finding right now. There's a wiki for the Wikipedia page for the place. Uh, in the in the UK, the place is called Calais. Uh-huh. Uh, in the US it's also called Calais. But traditionally it's pronounced Callis.
1: So we were both wrong?
0: We are both wrong. However, this isn't a fucking town. This is uh, this is a, a a god. This is a boread.
1: And gods famously are never named in relation to like the land or anything like that.
0: <laughs> it's a Greek god. You fucking okay? Uh, but <laughs>
1: sorry, I sidetracked
0: you. <laughs> no, it's pronounced as follows, according to according to Wikipedia. Talius. Really? Yeah, Talius. 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 What the fuck? Uh huh. <laughs> Zethes looks pretty straightforward, I guess. Talius is just like a like a Greek orthography type thing. I guess. So he goes by Cal throughout most of this. Is he actually going by Tal?
1: Oh, this is gonna. This is completely scuff at my big Cal joke.
0: Okay, I'll I'll let you hold off on that. I won't be <laughs> editing any of this out because I do think it's important. But anyway, <laughs> uh, these guys. Talius and Zethys, they're the gatekeepers and they are set to destroy everyone before Piper convinces the scrawny romantic of the pair, Zethys, that they have to make an emergency landing. Inside the hotel, everyone's pretty anti-fire, so not only does Leo have to activate Festus's turn into a suitcase mode, he also has to stand outside while the rest go to talk to Boreas, cause after all, he's got the smell of fire magic on him too. When the Boreads say this, Jason butts in to mention who all their parents are and why they're totally not a threat, but this just makes things spiral even further. The Boreads used to be Argonauts, so they were best buds with the original Jason, and they know this ain't him. Additionally, they've been given orders to look out for a son of Zeus. Talia stays behind to watch Leo, and Zethes joins up with the newly arrived daughter of Boreas to take Jason and Piper to see their father. Chapter 19. Jason Zethys and the daughter of Boreas lead Jason and Piper through the hotel halls and toward the throne room. For a moment, Jason lets the cold sweep him back to that picture of Talia. She looks so much different than him, but he knows she's his sister. Piper brings him back to reality, and he then thinks about how he wishes their relationship wasn't fake, but he dismisses those thoughts by reminding himself that he has no idea what kind of past he would bring in bring or like, baggage or anything. They get to the throw door, and the daughter, who introduces herself as Kayani, goddess of the snow, warms them to be on their best behavior as she swings open the door. I guess I'll fucking look up Kaini too. Why not? <laughs>
1: I think this might be the record for the fastest we've gotten off track.
0: Oh, you know. <laughs> there are like 12 Kyanis in Greek mythology. Oh, God. You know what? Fuck it. Who cares? We're just going to say Kyanis.
1: Nobody will know.
0: Chapter 20 Jason. The throne room is a frozen wonderland, complete with ice sculpture warriors who come to life and act as guards. Boreas sits on the throne, and he looks all the part of Snow Miser if Snow Miser had demon wings. Their first obstacle, Boreas mainly speaks French. But this turns out to not be much of a problem because, naturally, Piper can speak French because it's the the language of love. Unlike us. It turns out that Aeolus, Lord of the Winds, commanded Boreas to start killing demigods after last summer's battle with the storm giant Typhon, whose death released a wave of new storm spirits. This pissed Aeolus off a good deal. After all, cleaning that mess up would certainly be left to him. The one exception was that if a son of Zeus came around, he should be listened to. Jason gets nervous about telling the actual story, so Piper steps in to do so instead, infusing a bit of charm speak to smooth things along. Kaine warns Boreas of this, and when Jason grows to grab his coin and prepare for the worst, Boreas notices Jason's tattoo and realizes what Hera's game is. He laughs and flickers forms, transferring to Aquilon, the Rowan version. He says that though he is a helpful wind, he rarely gets the chance to play a central role in a hero's story, so he points Jason to Chicago, where the one who controls the winds, a servant of their adversary, can be found. After that, they should go to Aeolus, who can probably help them find Hera. Caine and Zethys lead them back to the entrance, and Jason insults the goddess of the snow after she promises to make him into a statue. Zethys and and... Talius warn the kids that something worse than storm winds waits for them but they're too frightened to elaborate even under charm speak with that in the back of their minds Jason, Piper, and Leo start their flight to Chicago so Jane what'd you think of these chapters?
1: I always thought the Argonauts were the skeletons did you really? yeah
0: that's so funny no all I,
1: all I know about Jason and the Argonauts is that one clip that everyone always plays where it's like him fighting like the cool stop motion skeletons so I assumed that like that was Jason, and then those are the Argonauts.
0: No, no, the Argonauts are like all his sailing buddies. Ah, I see. It, they're like honestly a pretty, a pretty fun cast of characters for like an ancient Greek myth.
1: I don't know. I'm not sold from the from these pages.
0: I mean, the, no, Zephy's and Talias aren't the most interesting in the world. I guess. Uh huh. Oh, but one person who. Who who was on the just as like a fun fact? One person who was uh, an Argonaut was Argus, the guy with all the eyes at camp. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I should have brought him along. He could have put in a good word. Uh, Yeah, true. Uh, So not a big fan of these. Uh, I mean, these.
1: I mean, I don't think I'm supposed to be. (laughs) They seem like assholes.
0: Uh huh. I guess the chapters as a whole. I meant. Oh, the chapters as a whole. Uh.
1: Uh, I'm not, uh... Not a lot happens. Not a lot happens, and I do think that a lot of what does happen has me thinking, oh, I sure hope the book doesn't continue this way.
0: Could you go into, like, some more specifics about that?
1: Yeah, um, I think one, one of the major things is kind of how Piper is being characterized. Uh-huh. Because she is kind of gaining more and more of a I'm not like other girls kind of energy uh-huh. with every minute that passes Yeah, and like I can kind of see why I can see why from a character perspective she would be like that because like you you mentioned a couple of weeks ago like she's got all these layers of artifice she's having to lie about everything <laughs> so it makes sense that to her, someone who associates Aphrodite with lying she would kind of reject all that stuff but also, it's just kind of weird that Jason is also validating that viewpoint.
0: Yeah, I mean, we mainly get her through Jason's point of view here, is the thing. And Leo's, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't get any Piper POV here, but I I get what you mean. Like, <sighs> Specifically the
1: line where she's, like, uh, talking to Leo, and she's like, uh, I do read some books, just because I was claimed by Aphrodite doesn't mean I have to be an airhead.
0: Uh-huh, like, this is very much her obviously buying into all the, like, stereotypes and being uh-huh. like, like, this is... Like to her, she's feels like she has to reject this, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um she's doing so by being like I don't know, not like other girls, not like other Aphrodite cabin people. I I don't know, but it, it definitely has that air to it. Like if it's if it's forming part of a character arc, that's fine.
1: I'm just hoping that this doesn't become like what her character is.
0: That wouldn't be great. I I mean, she already has enough there that I don't think it will be all that she is. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I hope not, at least. I think that'd be a pretty bad turn. What did you think of these chapters, Jacqueline? Like I said, there just wasn't a lot to them. Like, this is one of those sets of chapters that makes me, like, should we do six chapters an episode? <laughs> like, I don't know, like, I, I mean...
1: This might end up as one, like, the the last episode like the one we did in Game Chronicles, where we just didn't have enough to talk about for the three chapters we fixed.
0: I don't think so. I don't think that's true. <laughs> like... I think we can. I mean, if you really don't think so, then let me know. Obviously. Oh no, I'm just,
1: I'm just saying shit.
0: Uh huh. But no, I, I think there is stuff to dig into here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't like hate these chapters. I thought that we we meet some wacky new characters. I, they're not that they're that interesting, but like. Yeah. It was. What did you think of the first Leo chapter? which is essentially just them like all recapping their backstories to each other and not like in tech like it wasn't like oh we had to go through hearing it all again but like we basically like oh jason learns about piper's dad jason tells everyone about the wolves leo tells everyone most of the stuff about tia kaida like wh- what do we think about that uh, as like a move i guess
1: i was a little confused about why this chapter was happening because it kind of felt uh, weird to set a whole chapter aside to like just kind of fill one another in on all the backstory stuff and like talk about the mystery and what's going on. Yeah. And then I kind of realized why it was happening. Why is that which is this? This feels eerily similar to um, a specific part of um, uh, *Lightning Thief*. So Percy, Annabeth, and Grover—they're on the train and they're fucking—they're going through the mystery and trying to sort out all the facts, and that. In that case, it was kind of compelling because we knew enough about the world and kind of the politics of the gods that they could like speculate and come to different conclusions and propose different theories about what was going on. But I feel like the problem with this version of it is that, like, because Rick is kind of treating the Roman stuff kind of like a twist, he's kind of building up to it, we just don't understand enough about what's going on to have that kind of back and forth.
0: I almost, like, take the opposite perspective on that
1: interesting okay
0: i think that in the lightning thief the reason that scene works is because we don't know like every established fact about the world like we know a lot of the basic like groundwork that's been built up but we don't
1: oh no that's the... that's what
0: i mean well uh, you said that we like had all the facts and stuff like that though so I was... oh did i that I... I meant
1: i meant all the facts that they have obviously they don't like they don't even know that Kronos is a factor at that point
0: Gotcha, gotcha. But I guess on the second part, though, the reason that I think this doesn't work so well isn't because of the Roman god stuff, but because we know, we already know all the Greek stuff, or not all, like all the Percy Jackson stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and so some of this feels just like not a foregone conclusion. I, I think the one, but the one major fact that we do get that we didn't necessarily get directly before was like what the deal with the giants is. And it kind of like, I don't know. This almost feels kind of limited to me because it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like the giants are the guys in Greek mythology who came around after Kronos died and lost the war. So now Kronos died and lost the war. And so the giants are coming around and it's like, okay, yeah, that tracks to be, I know the Percy Jackson stuff is basically a one, like tends to be kind of one for one in that sense. Hyperion Publishing, we're also really pushing uh, Homer to get a spin-off series going for the, uh-huh. uh, the <laughs> Titan War. Oh, God. Um, and so that kind of like makes me... It doesn't feel particularly exciting. Like The Giants... At the same time, it does work, though, because that makes the Giants feel like more of a threat. Like We know what level they're on immediately. But I don't know. It... I'm not sure uh, how I...
1: I'm sitting here absolutely terrified that we have another Apophis on our hands like how so just because we we have like the the interesting charismatic big bad that we vanquished first chronos or set uh followed by the ah uh, well this is the even bigger bad that comes after them that doesn't get like a huge amount of characterization or much interesting motivation or anything like that and that that could change it's early days but i'm like i've seen this go bad already and i am just a little bit worried
0: the fact is that we know more about the Giants right now than we did at the same point about like what Apophis was. That's true. Um, and so to me, that makes it feel like something different will probably be done with it. But I don't know. Those books were written like somewhat concurrently. Maybe he was having mm-hmm. just the exact same ideas at the same time. God, I hope not. <laughs> I'm hoping not- that
1: the case is that he used all his good ideas for Heroes of Olympus.
0: I hope that's true. I hope that's true. Except for Sadie. Sadie won't be in here. Uh, I
1: mean, well, that's why they do the crossover later.
0: Right, right. That way they can <laughs> fully, like, fully make it as good as it can be. Uh, I I don't really feel like
1: Leo telling uh Jason and Piper about his mom really feels that earned. Uh-huh. Just because we've barely seen them together. Like, they, they have the opening action scene together, and since then, uh, Leo has basically been either with the Hephaestus kids or in the woods
0: yeah this feels like it should be a scene that's reserved for later on i guess the one thing that makes it like not entirely that is that we know that probably later on either we're going to find out like either leo is going to reveal the secret about what happened to his mom to them and that's going to be the real scene that is like this Mm -hmm. or else they're going to find out somehow and that's going to make them like leo why did you hide that from us like those are the two directions I think this can go, and I don't think either one necessarily qualifies this for needing to exist as a full chapter on its own, yeah, because this is like this is all half this is all they're all revealing half of their baggage in a way that is like makes it so that later on there can be a rug pulled out, more can be revealed. It feels oh, like God, this you're is right it, it feels like and like that's that has its uses, but I think that can be interspersed better, mm-hmm and to me, like, I just think that this signals that maybe there will be a scene that is like this, but better later on.
1: I, I hope so. That'd be nice.
0: Uh, what do you think of, I don't know, just the entirety of Boreasland, the, his big old castle hotel?
1: Aurora Borealis. At this time of year, at this time of day, in this part of the country, localized entirely in your penthouse...
0: Like, it's... Honestly, I didn't realize while I was reading this until you just said that, the, (laughs) like, etymological connection between Borealis and Boreas. Jacqueline? What's up? I'm sorry
1: to have to be the one to tell you this. What's that? I'm not making any etymological connection. It does just say that the Aurora Aurora Borealis is in there.
0: No, I know that. Okay. I read the words Aurora Borealis, and I didn't connect that to Boreas at all. I see. I was just like, oh, yeah, famously a northern snow thing. That makes sense.
1: We've, <laughs> we got that. We got like, some frozen Canadian
0: people. Uh-huh. We get, we get four new characters here. We get Zethys, We get Talias. We get uh, Talias. It was Talias, I think. I, and we get uh, Kionny. And uh, Boreas as well. Mm-hmm. Who? What is this wacky cast to you? Because to me, they're just, I don't know they just kind of the, nothing. The, the, there's the Scratty, like, he, he's like, oh, he's skinny, and he's kind of ugly, and he is creepy to women. And then there's Talias, and he's, he's like, big, and he, he's dumb, he's do you not get very it? He's Yeah. And then there's Kayani, and she's, oh, she's like, I'm the only one who can help you, but then she's actually a bitch. She's like, frosty. She's frosty. Uh, and uh, Boreas is the most interesting of them all. I think that's just because he has like the biggest presence, not like a Like he doesn't not like page count wise, but just like oh, he is the big god here. Uh, and he gets to be kind of multifaceted in the way that is impl- like he has his mo- own motivations that I think are actually kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other three don't do much for me. They don't do much. The the main function
1: that uh, Kaini has served, I think is to uh, cement in my mind um, that Leo is basically Beast Boy from Teen Titans. Aha. Uh-huh. Because th- this was this is what made the pieces click into place for me, is he tells bad jokes, he's kind of a dweeb who likes technology, and he likes the kind of woman who could fucking atomize him by glaring at him. Yes, and I'm not going to lie to you, I now struggle not to read his lines in Teen Titans Beast Boy's voice.
0: That's incredibly <laughs> it, funny. It fits.
1: It fits.
0: Yeah, no, you're <laughs> right. Like, Leo... I don't know. Leo... Like, I'm I'm like the Leo defender on the show. Uh, and he's just... He doesn't... He, despite him having two POV chapters here, like, the most we get from him is like, oh, in chapter one, he's having, like... A big anxiety problem because he's like, oh, mm-hmm. I must have fucked everything up. There, like, there's no way that a guy like me could have like fixed this dragon. I'm I, like, everything is gonna fall apart. That's kind of interesting. Like, I appreciate us getting that from him. Otherwise, like in the, in the last half, he's just there to be like, oh, you're quite hot, or he doesn't say you're quite hot, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, he's he's there to hit on Kyony That's the kind of pickup line I'd use you would say you're quite hot yeah <laughs> oh jade <laughs> i have a question what's that so festus
1: the big battle dragon doesn't like being deactivated no how is switching him off and turning him into a suitcase so his fire magic isn't working anymore different from deactivating him
0: uh maybe he still is like like when he's deactivated like his brain goes off i imagine but when he's a suitcase maybe he can still like he can still think and feel and like and he's also immobilized
1: and can't see or use any of his power that sounds worse
0: maybe he's got tetris
1: (laughs) beckendorf would have installed tetris on him to be honest
0: yeah yeah I mean oh we also learned that he got like a magical tool belt oh yeah I,
1: I feel like that must have been mentioned but I don't remember it
0: Yeah, no, it's like the beginning of the first or second Leo chapter. He's like, oh yeah, my magical tool belt. It doesn't come up again. I imagine it will later, though, so I just wanted to note that for the show. He's
1: got a literal utility belt now. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I could see... A a, superhero AU of this series would be interesting. Anything other than the
1: AU that has been dominating discussion in the Discord server recently.
0: Lately, everyone has been talking about Half-Bloodstuck um, in our circles, and you know what? I'm I'm here for it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm un for it. I'm exiting. And, you know, Jade, that's valid of you. You don't have to engage <laughs> with our communities and talk to the people who listen to us and who <laughs> give us our livelihoods. But, you know, I I do think it's kind of fun, though The Festus just, like, turns into a suitcase like, oh, That's
1: very fun I love that it's also
0: heavy Yeah, yeah, like, it's not like, ooh, it's weirdly compact It's literally just the exact same Like, first of all, obviously it makes no sense that that amount of matter can turn into a suitcase But the fact that, like, the weight is consistent is really good mm-hmm. And, like the moment where Leo's like, oh fuck, there's gotta be a button and then he like finds a button to like get some wheels on it. I-, I do enjoy that.
1: It's very I do just I love the idea of Leo trying to like drag that down a flight of stairs and throwing his back out by mistake. Uh huh. I just find that mental image very funny. For sure. God, chapter nineteen short. It's so short. It's like It's just it's just Leo and Piper and Jason and Piper climbing some stairs.
0: No, yeah, really. Adjacent, Jason like thinks about some girls. That's a.
1: You know what it is? I just realized why there's a couple of really short chapters. Why is that? Is that once once again Rick Ryden has set himself up a structure and is now struggling to stick to it properly. Yeah, that's probably it goes true. Two from every character's perspective, kind of going around. So, he's. He, I think he's just splitting up like full chapters.
0: Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be more interesting... Like, I mean, you could still use the structure here. Like, you could have... You could obscure some of what's going on with Boreas, maybe. Or, like, you could, like, let the hallway thing go because none of it's really needed. Um, Or, like, you could you could show some of Leo, like, going around the, the hotel. And, like, because we know that he has, like, his own little mini-adventure while they're gone. Maybe, like, something interesting happens there. I don't know. Yeah, I just...
1: It's not a huge problem. This is—it's nowhere near on the level of the whole book being like narrated from memory, <laughs> in the yeah. new caps, an entire series or something. But it is just—it's just something that I realized why he's doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think I agree broadly. Like, but I, but also my thought is now that we've gotten these like three-page chapters out of the way, we'll probably have a lot more longer ones coming our way in the future.
1: Fingers crossed. Although this chapter does throw up an interesting theory. What's that? Kane Chronicles. Felix Penguin Boy. Uh, he says that he has discovered an ice god who he can um, <clears throat> draw his magic from. Uh-huh. Uh, I reckon it has to be uh, Kion. You think so? <laughs> well, because there isn't an Egyptian one. Carter says as such. And Thoth mentions that there was a bit of crossover <laughs> So I feel like the only conclusion to take is that that's the path that Felix is on.
0: My thought is, like, if most of Greece doesn't even acknowledge her, like, why Why would part of Egypt?
1: Because uh, uh, Felix has the internet.
0: I guess that's fair. Felix
1: Felix has read in-universe Rick Riordan's Percy Jackson in his books.
0: <laughs> I... I hate that theory. So I I love that theory very much because I I I love the idea that one of our listeners presented. No, it was it was you who said it actually in the Discord server that those books exist. And if uh if, if like the real reason Percy couldn't get on a plane is because they were just like airplane novels. And if he re- saw one of them, his head would have exploded. <laughs> I think that was me at add- me adding an addendum to someone else's theory. That seems true. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah coyote i don't know she's not much she's pretty basic like we've seen this type of character a couple of times now she's mm-hmm. kind of cersei she is
1: a bit cersei although i guess i guess cersei turned on the charm a lot more to try and get annabeth over to her side
0: that's true but she starts off trying to charm them as the thing like she's like oh i'll be the one saving grace like i'm the one who can help you get through this and she that kind is true of yeah presents in this very like like princessy like she's like so regal and royal and we but then she kind of really quickly turns on them in a kind of out of a dissonant way for me
1: I figured it was just because um she was kind of simping for Jason and then realized that he and Piper might have had something going on and just instantly was like fuck this that's possible
0: we get like two really creepy possessive people. Like Coyote is one of them towards Jason, and Zethes is that towards uh fucking Piper. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't know. It's an interesting little parallel, I guess. Like oh, equal rights, diversity. win, anyone can keep someone <laughs> as a ice statue. Speaking of which,
1: I would I would like to bring back something that we've been neglecting for a while. What's that? Uh, Piper, uh, is so irresistible that, uh, people are talking about how badly they want to date her, and also simultaneously saying that she deserves no rights and want to kill her. Uh, and that is the experience of being trans. This is true. This is true, um, actually. Piper McLean is not cishet.
0: Piper McLean is not cishet. This is the fucking, this is the new fucking quarter. <laughs> God, it's so real. Do I also have to submit a character now?
1: Uh, yeah. Sorry for springing this
0: on you. <laughs> I don't know. Leo has trans vibes to me, too. I don't know why. I
1: I feel like that just because I also think that Beast Boy has trans vibes, and now I, like, permanently associate
0: the two in my head. So, like, I'd agree with that. I mean, obviously, Beast Boy is trans. So, yeah, (laughs) obviously, Leo Valdez is trans. This is obvious to me.
1: This is is simply true. You should pay more attention to the text if you disagree.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Now, I have to say, speaking of trans people... Uh, Boreas, he's the way he's described is absolutely like bonkers to me because he, I don't think there's ever been like a per, like a Percy Jackson like Rick Riordan design quite like this. Oh, he sounds like a fucking mishmash action figure. <laughs> like he's described as being like a big guy in just like a tailored suit with like white hair and like a white beard, so he's like kind of Santa Claus, kind of Snowmiser. But also, like, he's described as having these, like, giant purple wings extending out of his suit, mm-hmm. and that just, like, seems so unmatched to me in a really fun way.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so no, silly. he's definitely, he feels like a kind of patchwork who's moved around and been exposed to a lot of different cultures over the years.
0: Yeah, and I we get that, of course, with him speaking French primarily.
1: I I feel like this was really a wasted opportunity oh yeah because i i i feel like there was an interesting barrier introduced with like boreas will speak in french and then uh Kaio and the one who's very hostile towards them has to translate it and i feel like i don't know you could do more with like her deliberately misinterpreting what he's saying to mislead them or something like that but piper discovers that she actually speaks french and knows what's happening and i don't know i feel like i feel like this had the potential to be used for like intrigue and stuff and it just kind of wasn't
0: no i super agree with that because this the conflict like i said it gets pushed out so quickly and i think the language barrier could have been like super interesting mm-hmm. and it's brushed past like immediately i think that's a great concept for a chapter like i would have loved that would have gotten like first of all it would have gotten more piper like yeah. Oh, excuse me. It would have gotten more Piper like showing off her skills, her like ingenuity. It would be a more, I think, a slightly more interesting way to reveal that she can speak French than this. Uh, like mm-hmm. we know that languages are a thing with demigods. Yeah. But specifically, like the reveal that oh, I can understand French. I think that could be like rolled out more nicely than it is here. I, I so I I enjoy that concept a lot. Thank you. And now to
1: balance that out, do you think if you were the child of the god of cowardice and smelly cheese, you could also speak
0: French? I think so. <laughs> Who is, is that? Dionysus? I guess. It, I guess it would be. I bet. I mean,
1: because you you, um, you pair wine with cheese. I know that's a thing that posh people do.
0: Yeah, or like I guess you speak a lot of like Italian. There's like a, ta- a lot of Italian wines, right?
1: That's true. And I did send you a meme the other day that was like. Uh, Dionysus in Hades and it's just like the design from that game where he's very thoughty and then it's Dionysus in Percy Jackson and it's just a picture of Danny DeVito. Uh huh.
0: Uh huh. Oh god. I, I like never imagined the Danny DeVito thing until like we watched the musical, and now it's all I can think about. <laughs> I feel like I originally imagined him more like a like a Harry Dubois. A hoomst? Uh, like the guy from Disco Elysium.
1: Oh, oh yeah, no, I can see that I can see it. <laughs> yeah. He's got the bloodshot eyes and the just generally kind of broken way about him. <laughs> y-
0: yes, yes, entirely. Now the interesting turn in this chapter and something that I think is revealing what I imagine will be kind of a a move that we can always count on maybe happening from now on, is when Boreas transforms into Aqualon. I
1: I keep thinking you're about to say Aqualad every time cuz we we spent a lot of time talking about Young Justice on the bonus podcast.
0: We do, we do. When he, when, he, when he turns into Aqualad and he's fucking awesome. He's the best character on that show. And then he's fucking uh,
1: wasted in the second
0: season. You have not finished the second season yet. <laughs> You've only like three episodes in. You cannot say that. Uh but no, he turns into Aqualon and sort of does this like Greek to Roman transformation and like, when he sees Jason's tattoo. And I imagine this is something we'll be seeing more and more frequently. hmm But I think this is the first time we've actually, like, seen that shift.
1: Yeah, the closest we've gotten before is, I think, in Battle of the Labyrinth. There's a mural in the room where Hera's talking to them of her as Juno. And that's the closest we've gotten to this hint of, like, they have physically different forms.
0: Yeah, and we've seen her as Juno in, like... Jason's dream.
1: Well, okay, that's also true.
0: But what I specifically mean is we never seen the Greek god do the transformation into the Roman god. Uh-huh. It feels like very and I know this is like a very specific reference to Paul. It feels like in Digimon when they do like a slide <laughs> digivolution to like to just like I don't know, it feels very like kids media. Like transformation sequence But like transforming into something That is like equivalently powerful But like mysteriously different in an interesting way
1: We must summon the seven Digi-destined to fight the, di- the giant
0: No, I want to write this A.U Stop making me <laughs> fucking think of <laughs> A.U's I want to write <laughs> Oh Okay I think Percy Percy would probably Oh it'd be funny if he had a Gomamon. But I think of um, Ooh Oh, Nico would totally have like a Dimmy Devimon.
1: You can't. I can't like express in an auditory way me kind of just like staring blankly at you and blinking, but I want you to know that that is what's happening.
0: Okay. Like well, I, I, <laughs> I think the silence that happened is is generally enough. Look up Dimmy Devimon. I just want to
1: clarify that your connection didn't die or something.
0: Look up Dimmy Devimon later on your own time, and you'll understand.
1: Oh, that's what. Yeah, that's very Nico Digimon.
0: Okay, well, enough of this, A.U. What else do you have to say about these chapters? I
1: am starting to fear that Jason might be a bit of a charisma vacuum. Oh, yeah? I just, he feels... He's not devoid of characterization, but he feels so much like just a straightforward protagonist hero in a way that Percy really didn't. Yeah. Like, the the specific thing that made me think about this was... um, when they're leaving and he like is insulting Kion on the way out. And the, the, it just it felt like such a Percy thing to do.
0: But mm-hmm. there's nothing
1: about Jason that would back that up.
0: No, yeah, I agree. That...
1: And I, I then thought, what would it sound like if another character was saying a line? And I was like, no, that's a Jason line. And I couldn't think of anything.
0: Right, like, it feels very out of character for Jason in a way that, like, I guess Jason is still figuring out what his character is. Maybe that's, like, part mm-hmm. of the purpose of this book. Like, if we're looking at it from, like, a series-wide perspective. Yeah. But I completely agree that he is a charisma vacuum, probably partially on purpose, because, like, I'm thinking about the scene where Piper has to step in because Jason, like, just can't figure out how to tell a story to this guy. I, d- I did like that as
1: kind of a, like... <laughs> Piper marching up to the counter and saying that he asked for no pickles, but yeah.
0: <laughs> no, you're right, though. That is how it comes off. And the continually, like, I am thinking that Jason is just the dumbest guy in the world about this relationship with Piper. <laughs> like, he needs to just fucking communicate with her.
1: You need to open your mouth and say something.
0: He's like, oh, I could, even though I wish to be in a relationship with her, truly, my past would... And, like, if you fucking said that to her, she would go over the moon. She would just, like, gain the strength to instantly defeat, like, whoever the fuck the villain is. <laughs> she would be like Popeye. Her muscles would expand tenfold, and she'd punch the fucking vil- like giants until they exploded. It's true. It's the power of love. It is. And I, sh- I think it, it doesn't help also that, like...
1: Because there's, there's no backstory or memories for, about him to draw, like, characterization from, which is fine. But he doesn't <clears> have any interesting, like, moment-to-moment impulses or motivations or anything like that that can really characterize him either. Like, he's mostly just in this because he wants his memories back. But that is such, like, a stock motivation that it doesn't really, like, add anything characterful to him.
0: Yeah, I mostly agree. I think where that does not up coming through is in, like... Something that you've actually latched onto before And uh, Like the way that he leaps to like Defending like Roman values Well that was when I thought he was Like Roman winter soldier <laughs> Well right but I mean first of all We don't know yet if that's true or not Second of all That still says something about his Character in like that's a similar true. way Even if it doesn't like literally lend to that Exact theory mm-hmm. Like it It, it Points to there being something there. Like, there's a reason he reacts like that, and it's interesting that he does. Um, and I just wish we would have more of that, I guess. But the problem is that it's tied so much into the main plot that we just won't be able to get a lot of it until we slowly do.
1: What this tells us about him is that he's been watching Chiron's alt right YouTube channel where he talks about Roman history a lot.
0: I. I wonder if he would talk about Roman history Because I used to think about him as that guy But I feel like Chiron like Would stay away from Roman history almost Doesn't doesn't Chiron mention Having like
1: a huge collection of Roman stuff In Lightning Thief
0: You're right that I he does I think that was, that was
1: originally what like rang the alarm bells for me
0: You're right he does but like he he has more like a caution around it in the series. I feel like maybe he That's only true. likes the memorabilia and he doesn't care for the actual history. Maybe he found him... out.
1: Maybe he found out that that was the vibes he was giving off because he kept talking about it.
0: Uh huh. <laughs> and he's like, oh no, I don't. Like, oh, I've I've discovered YouTubers now. I cannot do this anymore.
1: What is this episode called? We fall down the Chiron pipeline. Oh no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Like. Uh, the problem is that him exclusively talking about Greek stuff makes him feel like a very different type of trad guy. <laughs> In a because way he's that po-
1: he's posting about traditional masculinity with like big marble statues of people who are gay.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I yeah, I like Chiron. He's not. We, I we've like made Chiron. him into. Su- he's Amish. He's a gamer. He's he's all right.
1: He keeps pissing on Percy's sandals. <laughs>
0: We we've created this character around him who is entirely separate from who Chiron actually is, and I do, I do want to keep doing it. To be clear, <laughs>
1: I wait. I think I know how we reconcile this. Okay, we pin all of this stuff on musical Chiron, who is a dick.
0: Okay, <laughs> like musical Chiron is constantly pissing.
1: He's he's always pissing all the time. They just didn't have the budget to show it.
0: They should have gotten the toilet paper out. I was gonna say,
1: do you think they would represent that by just, like, making toilet paper fall out from under them?
0: I I bet so. (laughs) Man. They should have done, like, one joke where they got, like, a fake poop from the dollar store or whatever and, like, (laughs) put it behind them.
1: The the thing is, you can't just do one joke about that because that opens the fucking floodgates.
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You
1: cannot acknowledge it.
0: No, no, you can't. It's interesting that... Piper is so like casually using char- charm speak now. Yeah. Uh, specifically, actually no, as I say this I realize it makes perfect sense because she's been using charm speak impulsively and like for years now. Like it's what gets her into trouble and it's interesting that she's utilizing it in a way that is like like, at a much more frequent rate, it seems like, and also, like, more to more directly try to achieve things rather than just, like, impulse try to get in trouble.
1: I guess, I guess what is interesting about it is, like, she knows she's been using this power for years, and she's just kind of learned what it is and who it's associated with, and it's someone she doesn't like. Yeah. And she is continuing to use it as normal. That it is almost a little bit weird that she's not, like... We might get it from her perspective, because we didn't get any of that in these chapters, but it feels weird to me that she's not, like, re-examining that and thinking, should I do this anymore? Maybe I should stop.
0: Yeah, I I really wonder what she thinks of Aphrodite at this point. Because we mm-hmm. know what she thinks of Aphrodite's kids. I don't know if we fully know what she thinks of Aphrodite. I
1: mean, I, I suspect that once she finds out anything about Aphrodite herself, she'll fucking hate her. Like Because po- Drew is just mini Aphrodite And she hates Drew
0: I mean it's possible I know we talked a lot about that last episode mm-hmm. But also we know that she Really cares about like Knowing more about her mom mm-hmm. Like it's established that That's all she ever asks her dad about When they have it's personal true. conversations And so I can see there being A lot of conflict there with like She wants to get to know her mom also, is kind of like, hey, you seem like an asshole, but also is like maybe I don't know, maybe I I don't know what her feelings are. That's why I am interested to see it and hopefully these coming chapters. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that'll probably do it for us today. But Jane, the day that this comes out and the next two Jane, the next two Janes, the next two days, uh, there's a very special event happening. Uh, do, we, do you want to tell us a little bit about the Moon Landing stream? Uh, yeah,
1: the network that we're now a part of, uh, Moonshot, is uh, running a three-day stream event to raise money for Trans Lifeline uh, called the Moon Landing stream. So it's going from uh, today until Sunday, and they've got uh, a bunch of podcasts from the network kind of all doing events on it. Uh, we're not on it, because we literally joined like a week ago. <laughs> uh-huh. But... <laughs>
0: Well, it's yeah. not going to be perfect because we're not there, but it'll be pretty. It'll be pretty fucking good. Exactly.
1: They have, they will apparently be playing Among Us. So, what more could you want?
0: Yeah, they'll be doing Among Us. They'll be doing some. They'll be doing a, a table read of The Princess Bride, which I think is awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, lots of cool stuff happening. Uh, that's at Twitch.tv/slash Moonshot Network. Uh, yeah, check that out. Yeah, and if you'd like to reach us, you can check us out on twitter.com slash unwisegirls. There you got links to our personal Twitters, our Discord, our... Uh email etc etc you can also find a link to our patreon patreon.com slash unwise girls if you want to support us you can leave a five-star rating review or go to that discord sorry or go to that patreon and support us monetarily for a dollar a month you get the discord role of camp counselor uh for three dollars a month you get the discord role of friend of bacchus as well as uh all of our bonus content our access to our backlog as well as anything in the future that we do
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, last week we talked about, well, we basically uh, yelled at each other about whether the Batman was good or bad for about half an hour. Uh Uh-huh. And then talked about good
0: Homestuck pages. This is true. Uh, The bonus show will probably be going on a little bit of a hiatus. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But we have something special that we're going to be working on. Mm Mm-hmm as a substitute so keep your keep your ears peeled we'll do some announcements maybe in the next couple of weeks and for $5 a month you get the discord role of Venus is Chosen all our bonus content and a special thank you at the end of episodes
1: speaking of which this week we'd like to thank Mercy, Veronica, Friend
0: and Erica thank you everyone thank you and I think we also got our very first review ever uh yeah i think they've
1: a couple of people have left reviews before but they have like been eaten by like transfers to different services or like we weren't supposed to be on a podcast service it was left on or something like that probably a whole, a whole bunch of different things yeah we got this uh really nice review from uh awful world kid cool and new podcast I started watching this when they joined Moonshot and caught up in about a week. I really like these books as a kid, and I like book club podcasts, and this is a really good one. Definitely check it out if you like the thing that it is. Also, it's really funny. Thank
0: you. Thank you you very much. Yeah, thank you. I I just noticed that we also got a different review a year ago. Oh? This is on our... I don't know what's going on with iTunes, but it's on a different feed, it seems like. Uh, Oh my god. (laughs) From 424 2021, uh, thank you a year ago, person... Uh, A Good Funny Time. This podcast is like a little book club, except the only members are the Weird Literature Girls. A great reflection on story crafting, Greek myths, and pee jokes.
1: I think that might have been Valonica, Friend.
0: Thank you, Valonica, Friend. Thank you. And...
1: We finally got right to reading it on the show.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, as we always say, at the end of every single episode... See you next week, Camp Half-Blood. See you next week, Camp Half-Blood. Bye.